Hi, everyone. Cheryl Cran here. Thank you for joining me for our next episode um, in the Next Now podcast. And I want to talk today about performance management in a hybrid workplace. You know, even in uh, the 80s, 90s, and before we entered the 2000s, organizations were talking about performance management, and many organizations have had performance management systems in place. And we were talking performance-based cultures. However, um, a lot of organizations were perhaps not embedding performance management in a way that you were seeing accountable behavior changes as a result of a performance management or performance review. At its very best, what a performance management program should be doing within an organization is it should be up-leveling performance. That's obviously one of the outcomes of it. But it, it if it's done well, it should actually be creating an environment that is inspiring and where people are aspiring to be successful. Now, let's use the example of the parameters of a uh, performance management system where somebody is rated on whether they are successful, uh, exceptional, or far exceptional. Um, I think it's important now, and I think most people are recognizing that successful performance is basically the baseline of expectation for hybrid workplace now. And, And what do I mean by successful? Successful is that you are achieving your metrics for your particular role. So whether that role means you're, it's a sales metrics or it's an accounting metrics or it's, uh, you know, operational metrics, but there's some sort of metrics KPI system in place that's measuring you on your performance. But, but even more than that is that we are identifying the behaviors for development for the individuals so that they can truly enhance their performance. So when we talk about behaviors, a lot of times people will call them soft skills, which I detest. And those of you who followed me for a while know that my preferred term in place of soft skills is essential human skills. But those essential human skills are, need to be articulated as behaviors for an effective performance management program. So for example, if I'm getting a performance management review, I need to know what my behaviors are and my goals need to be around behaviors. So perhaps one of my goals could be I want to be better at not interrupting people, for example. So maybe that's a goal for me. A communication goal is to be better at not interrupting people. If that's my goal, then I need to be very specific about it. My goal is to be le- to interrupt less with the people that I'm talking to and to listen more. So that's, that's the specific of the goal. How am I going to measure that? I'm going to measure it by catching myself and noting when I'm resisting the urge to interrupt. But I'm also going to ask for anecdotal feedback from those that I'm interacting with. I'm going to ask for them to tell me, have you noticed that I'm interrupting less? So I'm going to ask for peer review in order to validate that I'm interrupting less. Um, Is this an attainable goal for me? Yes, I'm going to give myself 60 days to do that. Um, Is it realistic? Yes, because I want to be able to get better at my communication and interrupting is preventing me from listening most effectively. And then lastly, is it timely and is it towards my goals? Yes. So we want to make sure of all those factors. Now, if I am a fully successful communicator, it would mean the behaviors would be that I listen intently, uh, that I'm tactful, that I have diplomacy, that I consider the other person's point of view, that I'm able to adapt to personalities. There's all sorts of components and behaviors within communication that I'd be measured on. But I wanted in this podcast to help you discern between successful, exceptional, and far exceptional, because a lot of people might think they're exceptional. And I find this a lot in my coaching with people. They're like, well, I'm exceptional at this. And then when we start, when I start to ask questions as a coach, like, well, How did that person receive that when you delivered it? Oh, well, they didn't really respond well. 
Okay, so let's evaluate that. Is that exceptional or is that successful? Because exceptional is you've gone beyond the baseline and you've done something proactive that's benefited you and the other party. Far exceptional would be that you have gone the next level. And I compare this to my me to we model where it's learn and share. Exceptional would be you're learning and you're you're showing that you're learning. That's exceptional. In the share level or far exceptional, you are now sharing what you've learned. You are actually thinking proactively about how your learning could impact and help others' learnings. An example of that with the communication behavior that I just gave for myself, it would be exceptional would be, I've learned that my interruption has created a problem and now I'm focusing on it and I'm actively wanting to improve it. That's That would be exceptional. Far exceptional would be not only have I learned about it, not only have got better at it, not only have I stopped interrupting, but I'm actually modeling to others how to behave in order to prevent myself from doing that. And beyond that, I'm actually sharing my tips, my tools, my strategies and ideas on how I've learned to stop interrupting with other people. So I think, you know, when we talk performance management, it's like, are we adding value to the system? beyond what's expected. And if we are, then that would be considered exceptional, far exceptional. Now, it's fascinating because the coaching conversations I've been having in the last few months around performance with a variety of leaders in in, in three different industries, it's it's been fascinating because when I break it down for them and say, okay, so let's talk about this employee's performance, you know, and I'll ask them, you know, would you say that their performance is, is successful, exceptional, far exceptional? And then they'll have to think about it, of course. And not often do leaders take the time to think, they do, they think about their their employees' performance, but I'm talking from an objective place with someone like myself, like another person where you're discussing a performance and getting input and perspective. And so with these, these leaders that I'm coaching, having those dialogues, so I had one leader describe that someone that they thought was far exceptional. So I asked them to describe why. And the person's response was, well, because she always gets her work in on time uh, because her quality of work, her accuracy is high uh, because if there's ever a special project that I need to call somebody in on, she's the first person I think of. So I said, okay, yeah, that's, that's all great. And exceptional would be that the goals she set for herself, she is learning from those goals and those goals are being achieved. And this person had to think about that and go, oh, actually, Yes, in some areas, no in others. So therefore, it caused the leader to go, am I viewing this this employee as exceptional because of these, these things? But am I considering the entire package of behavior and impact of behavior on others? For example, you could have somebody on your team who's really effective at what they do, but they are aggressive. They can come across as overbearing. Their communication is not great. Well, from a performance management standpoint, that person's overall performance would not be considered successful. Uh, it would be considered successful in some areas, not in others, but certainly not exceptional if they need to improve in those areas. So again, an overall performance review that's exceptional would be that that person is meeting all those baseline goals, getting things in time, quality of work, and then elevated to 
learning how to be better at the goals they've set for themselves. And then far exceptional would be not only have they learned how to develop those goals, but they are sharing with others. It's that piece about sharing with others that makes it far exceptional. And I felt it was important to have a podcast episode about this because we, you know, depending on your organization, there's different performance review cycles. But overall, if you're doing regular and consistent one-on-ones with your teams, the review should not be a surprise to anyone. And it also should not be a once a year activity. So we should not be waiting for a performance review cycle to to talk to someone about behaviors that we've observed. Our one-on-ones with, if you're doing them consistently, should happen at least once a month, ideally twice a month. So every few weeks, depending on the size of your team. But if you're having quality one-on-ones where you're using the coach approach, how are you doing? What do you need? How are you doing with your goals? Here's the behaviors that I've noticed improved. What have you noticed about yourself? Having those dialogues on a regular basis means that by the time you do the formal cycle, you're actually accumulating those one-on-one conversations. There's no surprises. Now, years ago, I said that the annual performance review is gone the way of the dodo bird, and it has because what has happened is the annual performance review, and what I mean by that is being done in the old ways, which is you didn't talk performance until once a year. In the last five years, many organizations have gotten really uh, adjusted to and really integrated that one-on-one coaching conversation on a regular basis. But now there are some more organizations I'm seeing as I'm coaching leaders that are really getting the importance of if we're doing performance management properly, it is an annual monthly process. It's not a once a year process. So if you are right now in the middle of a performance cycle, I would say to you, really look at your ratings from an objective place. Really look at those behaviors. Think of specific examples for those behaviors so that you're giving a really accurate and helpful review. If you're not anywhere near a performance review cycle right now, I want you to be thinking about your one-on-ones. Are you leveraging them? Are you focusing on goals? Are you identifying behaviors for improvement? Are you recognizing and rewarding behavior improvements that have been made? These are all components that if we as leaders are investing the time in the development of our people through the one-on-ones and really leveraging performance management, a really good performance management review, and by the way, any one-on-one should have that person leaving feeling that they've learned something, that they they are growing, and that they're inspired. Even if it's something difficult that you've had to share, they should feel, oh, I'm so glad that that you know Cheryl pointed that out to me because it means I can work on it and I can now be pay more attention to it. So that's really the goal. We a, a, a one-on-one or a review should never be punitive. And I I add this even if you're disciplining, it should be in an approach that is I care about you, I want to help you get better. Um, you know, I've talked to you three times about this particular behavior. I don't see an improvement. If I don't see an improvement, then here's what's going to happen next. And here's what you're doing well. Keep doing that. So even at its best, if we're giving a disciplinary and having a disciplinary one-on-one or having to point out poor behavior or poor performance, when done well, that employee should feel like they gain knowledge and that they're growing. I know back in my banking and insurance days when I had to have those, you know, disciplinary conversations, um, you know, I I pride myself on, they're never easy and no leader ever wants to do them, but I pride myself on being able to do them in a way that people felt, okay, I was, I was held accountable. 
Um, I was pointed out specifically what I need to improve. I was given the tools and resources on how to improve. And I was clearly communicated of the consequences if I were not to improve it. And I think now with the hybrid workplace, performance management is more critical than ever before because we are coaching and we are leading hybrid teams, which means we don't have everybody in office. We've got dispersed teams. We've got uh, teams collaborating in a hybrid environment. It means performance. Every person that we have is looking for growth. They're looking for uh, learning and mentoring and training, but they're also looking to be held accountable. They want that. So I think we're in a huge opportunity here at this time and this stage for leaders in hybrid workplace to really leverage performance management so that it's working for us, but more importantly, working for the employees so that they can see clearly what they need to do to get better and do better. So thank you for your time on today's podcast, specifically focused on performance management in a hybrid workplace. I look forward to having you join me on future podcasts for the Next Now podcast. Take care.